meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 20. And it's called Hack the Floss. You're like, what? Before I get into hacking the floss, I want to read this from Samantha, my friend in Texas who we met out for dinner. And she said, you know, you're just like you are in person that you are online. I was like, oh, thank you. Most people are like, I thought you'd be funnier. Oh, I thought you were a dumb blonde. (laughs) I'm like, listen, people. Listen, Linda. Have you seen that? Listen, Linda. Oh, my goodness. Funniest thing ever. Listen, Linda. I am just like you. I'm trying every day, doing my best and forgetting the rest. I'm B minus, baby. So do not look perfection or unicorn in me or in my kids. I think I said that like 55 times. She says, I'm in the middle of listening to your podcast as usual, but I just had to thank you. Thank you for never giving up whenever you feel like you want to throw in the towel and for letting Jesus throw the towel right back to you and say, you are not done yet. Mic drop? You have changed my life in so many ways on giving me the tools to better myself, to better my family. It actually brings me to tears. Me too. This is insanity. I just read a lot of books and then I applied it and then now I'm just sharing it. I cannot wait to travel to see you on stage whenever you are speaking in front of thousands. Um, I'd like to travel with you because I don't think that's going to happen. Just like Brooke and Dr. Shafali, I know you do not give yourself enough credit or recognition for all that you do and are capable of. So I will be here consistently in your corner cheering you on. I truly love all that you do. I mean, come on, people. This is insane in the membrane. And she said to me that night when we met for dinner, she said, what Shafali is to you is what you are to me. And I was like, wait, that was like on the SATs. The cat is to meow as the dog is to... (laughs) What? I was like, what are you talking about? Have you had too many drinks before we met? So, so it means so much. And literally every single time I go to do a post, I go to do a video, I go to do an email, I go to do this podcast, my brain says, it like literally sends off alarms, abort, 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 every single stinking honking time. And right now Grady's doing his reading time. So I said, Grady, you want, I got to go do my podcast. I really don't want to. I'm so afraid. What if it's not good enough? And I want it to be perfect. And it's just, my brain is just so getting in the way because you want to show your kids as much as humanly possible, all the struggle. You want to show them all the hard things of like you choosing hard over and over like last week's podcast. And you know what he said? He goes, okay, fine. You don't have to. And I was like, yes, he's going to let me off the hook. He goes, you can just break the family rule of Hutchinson's never give up. And I was like, what? And he goes, he goes, your last name's just going to be Gutchison. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, Hutchison's is for hard and G is for give up. So you're just going to be Kelly Gutchison. I'll just start calling you that. And I'm like, Grady, no, I'm scared. It's hard to put yourself out there, boy. He's like, okay, you want to be Hutchison or Gutchison? And I'm like, okay, here, what? this is what we're going to do. You're going to do your homework and read, and then I'm going to go do it. 
He's like, I will not go and do it until I hear you say, welcome to episode 20. And I was like, okay. So he was listening out the door. Whew, and so here I am talking about hacking the floss. Now, this came to me during think time. And think time is different than meditation time. I am a huge believer in meditation. I mean, it is like muy importante. I had it described to me one time as, she said, your life is like the top of the water on the, like think of an ocean. And down below, if you go scuba diving or you go down really deep, then it's very calm and peaceful. And so what meditation helps you do is it helps teach the brain to go and dip down into that peace and tranquility because all of your life is like the top of the ocean where there's noise and there's pollution and there's things coming at you a hundred miles an hour. And she said, meditation helps not only in that moment, but it helps throughout the day to dip down into that peace and into that tranquility. I was like, I am hooked on phonics on this one. Yes, let's do it. So I'm very, very, very much a fan of it. It's it's life-changing. And a lot of people say, I can't sit that long. My brain starts to wander. The joy of meditation is that's okay. There's no right or wrong way to meditate. But that's the only way you're going to train your brain how to get out of that frenetic, frenzied, there's never enough time, there's never enough money, there's never enough kids that are behaving, there's never enough, there's never enough. And it teaches your brain to go into that abundant state versus the lack state. The abundance is what's down below at the bottom of the ocean. And so when you dip down into it, here, there, everywhere, all day long, you can do one-minute meditations, you can wake up and do a 30-minute one, you can do whatever you want, you can always live in that meditative state, so to speak, while you're living above water. Because you're constantly conjuring up everything that's down at the bottom of the ocean. And so it kind of comes up and it flows into your world. So even though things are chaotic and crazy around you, you can be the calm in your storm. And you can then hold the space for your kids and be the calm in their storm. Because when you hold the space for your kids, you teach them how to do it for themselves to label it, to normalize it, to support themselves. It's just like when they fall down and get a boo-boo. When they're little, you help them with the physical boo-boo. And then when they're older, it's not an emotional boo-boo. It's that emotion that feels negative, that they don't know what to do with. And so you teach them by modeling and embodying. If I could get a bumper sticker for every car when they have a baby, is just model and embody the energy and behavior you want to see from your kids and let go of the rest. Because when you put all of the energy and focus on your kids, it is a lose-lose because then you're on their roller coaster. And I don't know about you, but their brains are still developing and they don't have a flipping clue. So don't have them be sitting shotgun of their emotional roller coaster. We need to sit shotgun. And this is everything that we get to do with our kids. We don't have to do any of this. We get to do all of this. So when you change, I have to do the laundry. I have to hold the space. I have to stop yelling. No, I get to learn how to stop yelling. I get to do the laundry. I get to clean the house. Then the, I get to do this podcast. Then the brain is more on board and it's not so much fighting and kicking and screaming. So hack the floss came to me during think time. Now think time is different than meditation time because it's when you just let your mind wander. You let it be creative. And whatever you think is creative to you, you sit in that state and you think and you think and you think. Meditation can sometimes be guided. It can be done in the car line. And so think time is when you think about your kids and you think about your husband and you think about your life and you think about your podcast or you think about your job and you think about how can I make 
their lives better? How can I, what can I do to serve them, to give them? How can I teach what I'm teaching in a more clear way that resonates with everybody? So during my think time, I came up with this acronym called Hack the Floss because what I found when I was unconscious and having so many problems as a mom is that I was coming from floss. And when I was studying for my master's degree, everything I did was mnemonic devices and acronyms. And so floss stands for fear, lack, overwhelm, stress, and sleeplessness. Okay, let's sink that in. Hack is what you want to live in that state. And that's where meditation and think time comes from. So you're coming from happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness. So what does this look like? So I have a lot of parents who come to me and they'll say, my child did this, and this is what I did because my child did this. So because they did X, I had to do Y. There is no other option. And a lot of times the brain will seek the negative. It will seek fear, lack, overwhelm, stress, and sleeplessness. It will always default to that without mind management. Remember, 80% of our thoughts will go to the negative. 90 to 95% of our thoughts are unconscious thinking, which means we've already thought it before. And so it just feels more comfortable to think it because the brain likes to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. So I was at Shafali event with my friend Shar, and she just reminded me of this story, oh my goodness, about Shafali that she shared. And Shar is one of my best friends. She's super conscious. She lives in California and we're always talking and sharing and this happened and then I did this and this happened and I did this. And she reminded me of the story when we were at Shafali our first year. And she, she Shafali said, okay, I'm going to bring six people up here and we're going to talk about when your child is on an iPad. What are you thinking? And so each parent came up and said a different thing. And it kind of like, it was almost like the game of telephone where they kept adding on to each other. And so the first mom was like, well, he needs to get off the iPad because he's going to be late. Then the next mom said, he's always on the iPad. Another mom said, where's my husband? Why isn't he getting him off the iPad? Then another mom says, has he even done his homework? And it just kept going and going and going. Literally, the child is on the iPad. So that's a very neutral thing. Nothing has gone wrong. But the brain wants to go to fight or flight. The brain wants to go to fear, lack, overwhelm, stress, and sleeplessness. So the child is on the iPad. We have to think about the energy in which we're coming towards our children when we're talking to them. So it starts off as the child's on the iPad, and then the brain automatically goes to all the things in floss. He's going to be late. He's always on there. Where's my husband? Why do I have to do all the things? He hasn't even done his homework. He's going to fail school. Does he even care about school? Where is my husband? Does he even care? He's going to fail out of school. He's going to be homeless. So the chi- literally the brain can do that in a nanosecond because you have 60,000 thoughts a day. So you see a child on the iPad and all of a sudden he's going to be homeless. Isn't that crazy? And I saw that. I think I've told this story before about when I saw Lily on the playground with Miss Kim. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning and she's following her around crying so out of alignment with her spirit. I miss mommy. I miss mommy crying you know, snot everywhere, face red, and kids are coming up to her asking her to play. And she's like, no, I just want my mommy. I want my mommy for hours upon hours. I used to go to mops, mothers of preschools, which was the hour, the meetings were three, three and a half hours. And I would drop her off crying. I'd, I'd pick her up and she'd still be crying. I'd check her on the middle. She'd still be crying. I was like, this is not normal. And I was so coming from fear, lack, overwhelm, stress, and sleeplessness, all of them. I was coming from fear and lack the most. 
and so overwhelmed with all the emotions. And so my brain would be like, oh my gosh, she's, she doesn't have any friends. She's not being social. Why is she being like this? She's so insecure. What's going on? She doesn't have any friends. She's going to grow up lonely. She's not going to go to prom. I am not kidding you people. When I was unconscious, my brain would go straight to, she's not going to go to prom. She'll be homeless. She's going to be a drug addict, like all the things, or she's not going to share. So if she doesn't share now when she's two, then that means she's not going to share when she's seven. And then she's not going to have any friends. Then she's going to be unpopular and she's going to be like an outcast and like she's going to feel lonely and insecure at school and she's in first grade. It was insane in the membrane, but that's what the brain does without mind management. So don't beat yourself up for doing it. Now when my ego rears its ugly head, which it still does every single stinking honking day, it's always there. Now I bring it along with me and I kind of giggle at it like, oh, I see you, ego. I see you. I'll call her Edith. I see you, Edith. Come on, Edith. It's going to be okay because the ego, the monkey mind, the amygdala, the lower part of the brain, whatever you want to call it, is just really scared. It's coming from fear, lack, overwhelm, stress, and sleeplessness. This does not ever go away where all of a sudden you just live a life and you have no more floss. So I don't want you to beat yourself up from for having floss because that is what the lower part of the brain does. This is really good news because that means there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your child. There's nothing wrong with the childhood that you had. There's nothing wrong with your parents. They might have been coming from floss also because they didn't know any better. And when you know better, you do better. Thank you, Toni Morrison or Maya Angelou. I can't remember who said that. I think it's Maya. So when I'm working with moms one-on-one, it's so fascinating to me because when we're detached, we can kind of see it at a bird's eye view. We're not so enmeshed and they're not going to prom. When you're detached, you can kind of get some space in between their action and our reaction. So when the reaction is so big and broad, it could be something that has nothing to do with our child. Like we had a bad day at work. We're annoyed at our husband about something. We don't feel like we're supported. We had someone say something to us off color on Facebook. We're playing, the, we're in our heads and we're, the brain is telling us that we're a victim, that we're not good enough. And so then the child does something and it's a way to offset some of that frustration that we have on something else or someone else that has nothing to do with this three-year-old that's sitting in front of us. This is really good news to know because nothing has to change. So I'll have parents that I'm working with play out the messy room. And I'll say, well, is the rest of the house organized? Well, you know, I will. Well, I said, well, let's just play out the messy room. Where's the fear of the messy room? Instead of looking at it as neutral, where's the floss in that? Because there's floss in everything. Whenever we come at a situation and there's a lot of anger and aggression or sadness or hurt my feelings, then that energy is very contagious. And then the child takes it on within themselves. So the messy room can be very neutral. First, we have to look at the rest of the house. Then the messy room goes from, he's just like my ex. She, he or she doesn't even care. There's no respect for anything in this house. She's going to grow up and be messy. She's going to be messy at work. She's going to lose her job. She's going to be homeless. It always goes back to homeless and drug addicted living on the street. And then we actually manifest what we don't want. Isn't that crazy what the brain does? I have a lot. I see a lot of unconsciousness when I was growing up and I saw a lot of unconsciousness with sports. And sometimes I see it with sports as far as when I am talking with parents who their child is really good at lacrosse, let's say. And I was working with a parent. She was really, really, really nervous about her child's 
lacrosse. And I said, let's just play out the floss. Like, what's the, she was very high pressure. He's got to get all the goals. He's got to do like very, very outcome focused versus just go to the kids' games and say, I love watching you play. Period. End of story. There doesn't need to be so much judgment or why'd you do this or why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? take all of that away because the kids will figure it out on their own. A lot of times we put so much pressure on our kids for their grades or their sports or their behavior or their manners because it's a reflection of us somehow, we think. Our unconscious thinks that. And so it's a reflection of us. So then we need them to be good at the sports, be good at the grades, be good at the behavior, be good at the manners because then it means something about us. So if they're hitting their home runs, scoring the goals, beating the time, then that means we are succeeding as a parent. But you have to see that that comes from more floss than anything. Because the child does not need to excel at all the things. It's okay if they're just normal and average. Because then that will make them excel because they don't have the pressure of being above average in something that doesn't fuel them. So I'll play out the floss in sports and they'll say, well, they're lazy. They need to have grit. They need to have work ethic. They're so lazy at home. They're so lazy at sports. They're never going to amount to anything. They're going to be homeless on the street. See how it always goes back to homelessness? That's what the brain does without mind management. Same with grades. Grades, 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 grades. It's like who really cares about grades because the value and worthiness of your child is not impacted at all by their grades, by their manners, by their sports, by their behavior. That doesn't touch their value and worthiness. They still came from a higher source, creator, God, the universe, the stork, whatever you believe, they still came from that energy. So that's where the happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness comes from. Because when you are seeing your child as all things hack, no matter what happens externally, Nothing they do defines them or takes away any of that happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness that they are born with when they are born. There's no dimmer switch on that. Just like there's no dimmer switch on your hack, happiness, abundance, confidence, kindness. You don't ever see a two-year-old who is lacking with anything with happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness. This lives within all of us. That is such good news. So you don't have to look external to find it. It's not from mom and dad. It's not from brother, sister. It's not from the coaches. It's not from your teachers. It's not from your upbringing. That is something that you have living dormant within you. So when these words talk to you and preach to you, all that's happening is that I am igniting something in you that already lives there. What happens is after two, three, four kids grow up, they are taught my worthiness and my value is now outside of me. No, 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 no. It never went away. Happiness, abundance, confidence, kindness lives within all of us. That's why I love Tony Robbins' event, Unleash the Power Within. It's not about me unleashing it. You're going to unleash it yourself. Someone gave me the match to light my light up, light my life up and see my abundance and confidence and kindness and happiness. So now I'm just passing the torch. It already lives within you. What we are doing to children is we're teaching them to look external for their value and their worthiness, their good enoughness. Every adult is walking around with the sign on their forehead saying, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I valuable? Every human being is. And so they're looking external for validation that that is actually true or it's actually not true. And no matter what you're looking for, you will find it. 
So what I am begging parents to do is to teach their child young, nothing external is your value, is measures your value or your worthiness. You were given that to you the day you were born. So don't look at grades. Don't look at sports. Don't look at our opinions. Don't look at your behavior. Don't look at your friend circle. It was given to you the day you were born. Our, my job only in this life is to light that up and let them know that they don't belong to me. So every day at 448, thank you, God, for making this beautiful child. Every day at 1010, thank you, God, for making this beautiful child. I want my kids to know over and over and over they don't belong to me. Their identity is not defined in their grades, in their sports, in their social circle. None of that. It's already given to you, so there's no way you can light it up. I don't want them looking externally for that validation. It's already living within them. So I want them to come from happiness, confidence, kindness, abundance. And the best way to build that within yourself that's already living there is to keep promises to yourself. Talk to yourself like you would talk to your sister, like you would talk to your best friend, like you would talk to your daughter. When you talk to yourself in the way that if there was a megaphone above your head and speaking out all your thoughts... That's where you can monitor your thoughts to make sure that they're coming from happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness. So you're hacking the floss every single day. You're checking every single word, every single sentence that's coming out of your mouth, which comes out of your head, because it's not about what you say to other people. It's about what you say and you whisper inside of your head that matters. That inner chatter matters more than anything you could ever say to a child, anything you could say to me, anything you could ever say to your parents. It's about what are you whispering to yourself? Make sure that those whispers are coming from happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness. And it's not going to happen all the time. So don't beat yourself up for having floss thoughts. I have floss thoughts all the time. I'm constantly correcting myself. I'll say them out loud so my kids will see my floss thoughts and how I change them into happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness. Because I know my value and my worthiness and my good enoughness comes from nothing external. Does not come from David, does not come from the kids, does not come from anything I do at work. People I help has everything to do with what was given to me when I was born. I don't think God's sitting up in heaven going, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to add a little more joy to this person, a little more happiness to this person. I'm going to add a lot more sadness there and a lot more worthiness to this person and a lot more value to this person and a lot less good enoughness to this person. It's not doled out like in those movies where they're sitting on the assembly line. We all have the same amount of worthiness, value, and good enoughness. And when you come at your life and you go at your life and you see your marriage in the hack mentality and you see your children in the hack mentality and you see yourself in the hack mentality, then you project that everywhere you go. Because when you squeeze a lemon, you get lemonade. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. So when you squeeze someone who's filled with hack, happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness, and so much love for themselves because they know that they don't even belong to themselves, then you're going to have love pouring out of you. And you'll know that no one can hurt you outside of you because they are coming from whatever they're coming from. But when you come from hurt and anger and pain and resentment and you squeeze that person, you're just going to ooze that all over your loved ones and then take it out on your loved ones and lose it on your kids and have no idea why when it has nothing to do with your kids, has everything to do with the energy in which you're bringing to the relationship. So I hope this helped. 
Thank you so much. I'm glad I'm not a Gutchison. I am now a Hutchison's because Hutchison's never give up. We always choose hard. I love you and I will see you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.